Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. on our uh, annual haunted house outing last night um, because it was like the only night possible with our schedules in this entire month. Uh, But I had, I think, my favorite haunted house experience ever, which was after we were done with the haunted houses and were on our way out of the park, I saw a woman who worked for the haunt, Uh, not one of the scare actors or anything, just like in the t-shirt that says Scream Park on it and her glasses with like a glow stick in her hand who had discovered a woman in line who was so jumpy that she could scare the shit out of her. (laughs) So as we're walking through the exit line to this ride on the line in, I'm just watching this employee gleefully kind of duck under the ropes and walk up behind this woman who knows she's there and just go, and this lady scream bloody murder and this employee just gleefully laugh and walk away a little bit and then turn back around and start to creep back up on her. And the exact same thing, just, ah! And this lady going, ah! Losing her mind. And it was like, it just looked like a dream come true for her. She's like, I don't get to scare people, but but I do. I feel it. If I could get paid to scare people, I would never do anything else. Even if it was minimum wage, no benefits, nothing. If I could eat a meal by scaring people i'm in 100 percent. i'm in one of the uh one of the attractions at this thing had an option where you could wear a um like a glow necklace and if you did if you took it at the beginning of the haunt that meant that you were interactive and they oh. could like use you and grab you and mess with you and like take you away from your group and stuff and i was like oh i really want to do that but it was just me and larissa so like oh, if yeah. i got pulled away she was alone <laughs> right she'd have been all right that. i think she'd have been all right she's a tough girl i had a thought though i was like i was talking to her in line and i was like you know what you, no i'm not sure this would be a good idea i want to see a haunt where they have an actor they have a confederate in the line who's just dressed like a normal person but just has like a blood pack under their clothes somewhere. Oh my God. And just like one of the haunt actors who are, you know, who walk around the line and menace people and get everybody kind of like, Ooh, just like walks up to that person. And they're like, Oh gosh. And then just stabs them (laughs) and like (laughs) busts the blood pack and they just collapse on the ground. And I was like, 
that might be too panic inducing. <laughs> I don't think that's quite uh, the attitude yeah. they're trying to shake up here. <laughs> oh my god. I want so badly. Uh, so okay, actually I have to back up here. It is in our family to scare people. Like my dad would always scare the crap out of us. He would scare the crap out of his cousins and stuff too when they were younger. Um, and so then my sister and I do that a lot. So my nephews are just getting old enough where I can start to plan some stuff. And I almost this last Friday got to go out for one of their camp out birthdays to scare them, but I had to work late. So I wouldn't have been able to get there until way after stuff was over. I was so heartbroken that I had gotten the text from my sister. Hey, it's time. Come (laughs) scare the Lord out of my son's. And and I couldn't do it. I'm so heartbroken. Uh, so speaking of scary stuff, uh, just a reminder that the Halloween costume contest is going on. Uh, get your submissions in by November the 4th. Uh, you can send those in to the cast at the Kurt Show podcast dot com and we will enter you for a drawing for one of our hoodies. Uh, and if your photo has something that pertains to the show, put your name in twice. Uh, as far as what we're going to do on Halloween, oh, streaming yeah. some games or something. Mm-hmm. Did you see that somebody modded the goose? Into Resident Evil in place of Mr. X. Yes. I assume, what? Is, that, is that what we're playing? I can't. I wish I could afford it so badly. I don't have that game still, but oh, it's got to go on the list. Just a, an enormous untitled goose, like grabbing cars and throwing <laughs> them out of the way and chasing down the protagonist. I'd heard about it and I was like, okay, that's kind of dumb until I looked at it and it's wearing the hat. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said, okay, I'm in. Also, just a reminder that the Audioverse Awards are going on. Uh, The Crit Show was nominated for Best Improvised Production uh, and I was nominated for Best Player Direction. You can vote on that up until October 31st at 11.59. And I know I mentioned this before that this was going on. I just want to say thank you to everybody who has taken the time to vote. Um, awards like this, even being nominated, gets us heard by other people who wouldn't normally hear us. When they contacted us that we had been nominated, they had us put a package together of an episode that people could listen to. So, you know, even if they don't know the show, they can listen to it and vote. Every show that has been included has a little package you can listen to to get a sense of the show. So even being nominated gives us a chance to be heard by other people. Again, that is the Audioverse Awards, and that ends on October 31st. We do have a Catacon coming up, and that is on November 7th and 8th. Uh, Some of those games that we are running are already sold out, so if you're going to be there, uh, make sure you get your spots at our tables now. Again, we are running Monster of the Week, Worlds in Peril, and All Out of Bubblegum. We are each running a session at the same time, so we will run a total of nine games, and I think three of them are sold out already. And then, actually, this is not on the calendar yet. January 9th through the 12th, Midwinter Gaming Convention, which is one of the bigger gaming conventions that goes on in the winter. Uh, I will be there and I am running five sessions of Monster of the Week over the course of the weekend. So you can just go on to the Midwinter Gaming Convention site and search the Crit Show and those will all come up and tickets for those games are available now as well. And with that, it's time to let the recap roll. So you start to dig and it's maybe a half hour and you come to the top of a chest. So you open this chest, and inside of it are three items. There is a yellow candle, a bottle that looks like it is empty with a cork in it, and ten feet of rope. I think the unfortunate truth that you know about this bottle is that they are fairly rare, and people will kill to get their hands on one. 
Well, uh, do you know the scoundrel's fortune? I was wondering if I could hire you to catch up with her. 200 gold? Yeah, 200 sounds about right. So the crew gets up and starts to move around and gets everything in order. And it is not long before the camera pans up and we see the undertow headed out into the darkness, chasing after the scoundrel's fortune. You know, your mind has been preoccupied with this plan. Where are you? What's going on? Um, that at some point in this, he has pulled his hood back and he's got long stringy hair and very pale skin. So I think the unfortunate truth that you know here is that once this figure worked for Benari, but at some point Benari discarded him and this wizard went mad. He used to be known as Aldoran the Arcane. But if a figure of high esteem in the Dead Isles loses their standing, they also lose their surname. So Aldoran the Arcane, the figure standing before you, now is known as Estin the Mad. Tass, here you are, in your lynx form. It is dark out, and you have found this buried treasure, and some of it you can identify, but some of it is elusive in your head. But you do know the bottle that you are currently looking at is very rare and that people would kill to get their hands on it. Good God. Um, I think I'm just like looking back and forth, like wondering if I should be plucking these out one at a time or just shutting it back up and hiding it. I feel like I, I feel like I need to take it. I, I feel like I need to put everything back in the trunk and close it up and try to get it up out of the hole and uh, take it with me. I think there's a good like three minutes of Link struggle trying to get this treasure chest out of the hole, uh, but you do turn back. It took you a while oh to God. track the treasure down and <laughs> everything, so you are back in your halfling form. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm gonna drag it with me. So you start to drag this treasure chest back, and you're following the path that led you here, which does lead you by the area where you had discovered a small ship had beached itself prior, and where you followed the tracks from. And as you're moving past this area, you do see in the distance lantern lights on a ship approaching in the dark very quickly oh no we've seen this in sea of thieves we know what to do <laughs> hide the loot <laughs> scuttle the ship scuttle the ship <laughs> and then come back later <laughs> oh god um i think i want to take owl form um so that i can fly up in the dark and see what's going on with this boat all right roll it seven so let's hold two okay so you turn into an owl and you start to fly out towards that boat so roll discern realities as you get out towards this boat that is moving quickly towards this island okay uh that's a nine all right you get a hold one what should i be on the lookout for you can see a number of figures moving around on the ship but it is very dark down there like you should be able to get a clearer sight of them but you'd have to get much closer uh, from here you can just make out the shapes but you can tell by the shape of the front of the boat that it is the boat that docked here a couple of days ago okay i'm gonna return to the chest and just drop my other hold for mm. the owl okay and um i'm gonna run it back and start letting them know hey there's another ship incoming all right, so you take the treasure chest back to the Scoundrel's Fortune, and they are still working. Boy, I am not in the mood to get in a fight right now, especially with everybody exhausted from working so long. Yeah, same. I brought this over. I found this chest. It has some items in it. I assume they are magical in some way. I don't think I would have had a way to put it back without it being obvious that it had been disturbed, so I just went ahead and brought it. So if this is something that they're after, can be... I don't know, leverage to just say, hey, take your stuff and let's just call it square. Oh, you think you maybe found their uh, their stash? Yeah, I think so. Oh, boy. Hope they're not the vindictive type. 
Yeah, me too. But it didn't seem like a huge boat, so there's a whole lot more of us than there are of them. True, true. So we pan out on Tass and Captain Broadstone standing amidst the crew of the Scoundrel's Fortune, and the camera moves through the dark night sky to the small, quickly moving ship that is on an intercept with a tiny island. TJ, you are standing on the undertow, and they have taken a little bit of a detour because the ship that they were chasing seems to be beached on this small island. Uh, and so they have taken a sharp turn and they beach onto this island. And you can see the scoundrel's fortune is six or 700 yards down the beach. Great. Oh, we found it. Good job. Yeah. Interesting that they're here. I wonder, uh, well, yeah, let's uh, let's go check out on payment. Uh, yeah, of course. And uh, we'll start head towards the scoundrels. All right. Yeah. So they all get off of the ship with you and start to head that direction. I want to see if I can find either of my two companions, especially. Yeah. As you walk down the beach, you see Tass standing there next to the captain. Tass. What? Uh, I am just running down the beach towards him. I will run towards him. I'm going to lift him up into a big hug, and then I'm going to say, I need 200 gold now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like in real life, whenever I need money. Whenever you you. hug somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What happened? What are you doing? Long story short, on the way through the tunnel, we were attacked by Goliaths, and I was separated from the group. Uh, One chased me back to Alpo, and I killed it. Then I chartered this boat, and we chased you down. Okay. And I promised them payment of 200 gold. And the captain of the undertow taps your shield that is resting on her arm. 210 gold. Ah, shit. All right. That's... That's fair. And I will uh, get out the coin and pay it up. Oh, thank goodness we have it. <laughs> oh, it's uh, quite a party you got going on here. Yeah, we had uh, we had some trouble. There was essentially an explosive put in our ship and uh, blew a nasty hole, but not bad enough for us to not be able to fix it. So we just chopping down some trees, getting everything patched up and be on our way pretty quick here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you explore the island at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I You know, I've been trying to... Make sure that there aren't any predators sneaking up on the guys chopping down trees. And you see as she's talking to you, her eyes drift over your shoulder and you see them sharpen. Oh, yeah. Is that all you found? I think I just sigh and grin. No, no, we found a chest, too. Had some fun looking items in them. Oh, yeah. You know, they're for sale for the right price. Oh, you want to buy them? (laughs) (laughs) And she genuinely laughs at that like it catches her off guard. Uh, But the sound of her laughter is drowned out by the shriek of her transformation. (laughs) (laughs) It's drowned drowned out by the cracking of knuckles from behind her. Um, Yeah, it it catches her off guard and she does laugh. Yeah, I can kind of tell from the look of your boat that that's uh, it's you that dropped it off in the first place. So, yeah, I don't I don't want anybody to be losing lives over some trinkets in a box. That's fair. That's fair. You uh, got any more gold? I'm happy to part with some of those. Some of them are, I'll be honest, more trouble than they're worth having. Seems that way if you're just going to bury them down deep somewhere. Yeah, some of those things are hard to unload. Well, what do they do? The rope I've got a handle on, but the other two, I'm not even really sure. That bottle, it uh, you didn't uncork it, did you? No, 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 no. Uh, good, good. Yeah, the bottle, you uncork it and uh, you hear a whisper. A whisper from another world. Uh, something, something that's seen your future and it... Uh, well, it tells you about an impending moment in your future. Let's you avoid it. And the candle that's, uh, yeah, they used to use those on uh, prisoners of war. You light the candle and you drip the wax into somebody's ear and they have to answer any question you ask them. Damn, that's good. Yeah, it's also currently a war crime. Well, I mean, understandably. Yeah, good lord. 
the bottle, it's, uh, you know, you can sell for a high price. Problem is, kind of drives them mad when they see it. People will kill for a chance to escape death. Ironic. Well, also understandable. All right, how much you asking? I'll tell you what. You give me everything you got in your pockets. Everything on you, you don't need to survive. I'll give you all three of the things. Save me another trip to a, find another island. Can't bury it here, you know where it's at. I don't think I can do it. We, where we're going, we have to have a little bit of capital and, um, tell you what, however you want to split it, I'd offer you 125 just for the bottle, 60 just for the candle or 30 just for the rope. I'll hold on to that bottle just to, uh, you know, maybe have to, uh, sell it to a higher bidder. That's a, that's a weight I'm willing to deal with. And the rope, I, yeah, I was sure wondering where I left that. I forgot that was in there. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll say the candle. You get those other two items, uh, get my chest back on my ship, and uh, I'll give you the candle. All right, that's a deal. And uh, she reaches out and shakes your hand, and uh, she waits for you to go get the chest and bring it over. And I do. I take out the candle and show her everything else is good. And she uh, loads it back onto the ship. Good doing business with you. Nice doing business with you. And they climb back onto their ship, and they sail off into the night. Uh, Tass, where's Jake? I don't know. He never made it back to the ship. Let's just help these guys get everything fixed up. I'll fill you in on everything. Okay. The next couple hours pass, and the two of you help them with the last of the repairs on the Scoundrel's Fortune. Uh, So I think that we find you in the mess hall eating breakfast. First thing, I'm pretty sure Nash knows we're here. Why do you say that? He tried to blow me up again. Wait a minute, explain to me how Nash almost blew you up. There was this crate on the ship that was not one of their crates. It had markings on it of stuff that people here haven't even seen. Um, There's like a compartment and I opened it and there was a note that was talking about how there are certain events that are so profound that they happen over and over again, that essentially insinuating that this could happen on every world. And the goddamn thing exploded. How are you still here even? Um, Rock beats explosion, I guess. Oh, you you transformed then. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I barely survived that. Oh, but at least the ship is intact and so are you. And did anybody else get hurt? No, no, thank God. Oh, good. So all that story that you just told me, like, you know, how nobody got hurt and even though it was this great big catastrophe and everything. Yeah. My story is a lot different. Um, So Ingrid and the Iron Striders... We're taking me down this tunnel and it's this really cool sled that goes through this tunnel on ice. But then we hit this rough patch where the ice was melted. It turns out there are these Goliaths out there and they were melting the snow or the ice on the track and they devastated us. I ran for a hole in the rock face and as I turned around, uh, Ingrid jumped for the hole and instead of her being there, there was a giant mace and it destroyed her. Good Lord. Yeah. So then I sneaked my way back towards uh, the Alpo station and one of the Goliaths tracked me and I was able to take it out. Then I was able to find uh, the undertow and its crew and they brought me here. That's wild. I hate that people got killed by some monster thing, but good Lord, I'm, I'm glad that you're back with me. I mean, yeah, same. Um, yeah. So next, next stop here, we're going to try to communicate with grandpa again, see exactly where he is. And, and the hunt is on. Just wish Jake was here for this, you know, to help us out. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. He was looking into some important things and never showed up again and never showed up again. So I trust that whatever he's doing is important and hopefully we'll just meet back with Yaga. Yeah. 
so about the time you finish this conversation, it is time for you both to take your stations on the ship. I'm going to ask you both to roll Undertake a Perilous Journey. Uh, Tash, you are going to be the scout as they ask you to go up in the crow's nest. And TJ, you are going to be the trailblazer as you work the riggings and the sails. Gotcha. Uh, Eight. Eleven. So for today, Tash, you are able to keep an eye on everything and warn the crew of the Scoundrel's Fortune about everything that they might see as they travel. Do I see anything cool? You see some ripples in the water that seem very large and unnatural. And that's actually one of the things they kind of tell you to watch out for is watch out for large areas of bubbles or the water moving against the direction of the waves and things like that. And TJ, as the trailblazer, the ship is right on schedule. It's not any faster than it should be, but it does not have any issues. The wind stays with you, and it seems like you are still on course to be there in about two days. Jake, here you are, sat in this cell, and before you stands a man known in this world as Estin the Mad. To go with the spout lore that you previously did, how do you know that? Um, he is used as like a like a life lesson in this world, like the equivalent of be careful who you trust in our world. Like this story of like he belonged to this dude and was loyal to this dude and he just got cut like that and he lost his mind. Like it's just a cautionary tale of like be cautious who you invest yourself in. Oh, I see. I see. You know, and then so people are like, you know, you don't want to end up Estin the mad. And does Jake recognize this face? Yeah. Looking at the figure, there's a lot less decomposition to this face this face is younger there are not the elongated features that came with the vampirism this man looks sickly but the eyes are spot on okay so here's here's what i want to do is i want to get him on like the side of my cage like i want to bend down and like reach out the bars is it like a is the floor dusty yeah i want to get both of our backs to the soul trap and kind of reach through the bars and start like illustrating what he's talking about but fucking it up on purpose oh i don't understand so you mean like this but get it wrong so that he'll be like no 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 that's not it but keep his focus down and away so that the knight can slip the keys in behind me okay so yeah i think this is going to be defy danger again with charisma 10 nice yeah so you move to the corner of this cell and you start to draw and sketch which of his projects are you trying to illustrate the um the drain trap that i got caught in okay like you know i i understood enough a little bit about it so i want to just kind of try and illustrate that like so i don't understand so like the gym the gym transfers the energy or it holds the energy like you know yeah, just, yeah. but trying to get the wrong answer he instantly goes into no no that's not how it works it's it's it drains. It's it's empty. I found a way to take them and empty them, and then we refill them from people, from the name givers. It makes them weak. We can take from them, and ultimately I should be able to create a device that could just, like that, drain everything from a person. Make them nothing. <laughs> they would not have anything. They would just be there, and then a husk. And as he says this, you hear the keys slide on the ground behind you. Uh, and I just want to step a foot back over the keys as I'm like nodding at him like, yeah, that sounds fucking radical, dude. Like, I'm super on board with this. There is still imminent danger here. So I'm going to have you roll defy danger with dexterity to cover these keys and keep them out of sight. Ten. Yeah. Nice. You slide backwards as you are taking in what he says and you just 
plop your butt on the keys and hide them underneath you. Okay. I am sweating through this whole <laughs> thing. All right. So I need to distract him in a way that will give me enough time to go through the next three steps of this plan, basically. Yeah. To get myself out and get a weapon and just coup de gras this dude. So I have an idea. And if everything goes according to plan, it's a great idea. And if anything doesn't. <laughs> God. It's a it's a it's not the worst idea. How could it possibly go wrong? Yeah. The the subtitle of our entire experience in this <laughs> so i want to start illustrating a magic that i don't think he knows i want to pull the magic that jake knows not that colvar knows mm. i want to start kind of tracing in the dirt or something or like if i can get him to give me like a quill and paper or something i want to give him the building blocks for my shield spell for the reduce all the harm from one hit to nothing uh in the hopes that he will be like oh this rules and start pouring over it now giving me time to do what i need to do yeah looking at the spells that he has that is the one from jake's magic list that he does not have i thought i'm like this is also kind of using jake's like DD knowledge like all right well he's like an arcane caster and this is usually a divine spell so like this is the kind of thing that he might not no, I don't know. Yeah, so as you start to scratch it out on the ground, he actually goes back to his desk and grabs the piece of chalk and rolls it underneath the cell to you and starts to watch as you sketch this out. Okay, so yeah, I want to give him enough, you know, like enough that he could start building on it on his own. Like, I don't want to give him too much because then I don't have any time to do anything. All right, so I think that this is going to be defy danger with intellect. This is going to be you thinking quickly about how much you can give him to safely not instantly teach him the spell and to get him to go away and figure the rest of it out for himself. Oh no, I'm so nervous. This is a straight up and down roll. Seven, a six and a one. I saw the one first and I went, oh, I'm dead. So you can give him enough information on this spell to pique his interest and get him to go back to a blank space on the wall and start writing out the rest of it, trying to convert it to magic he can use. While he's there, he will either give you enough time to get the door unlocked, but he's going to notice that the soul trap has moved and get suspicious about it and start to deal with that instead of this equation. He will learn the spell, but it will take him enough time that you'll be able to get out and get your equipment. Or you can get out, not get to your stuff, but in seeing the equation that he has written, as he learns it, you will as well. Like, I don't know where I am. I don't know how long it is to get out of here. I think I've got to go with the first one. I think his focus still won't be on me. So it still gives me the chance to pull this off. But I think if he learns this spell, he casts it and I don't land the attack that can kill him. And then the soul trap obliterates me. Yeah, first one. All right. So he holds his hand out for the piece of chalk. I give it to him. And he gets up and starts to move across the room. And he notices that the soul trap is not in the corner anymore. It was trying to move very slowly to get back there without being noticed, having given you the keys. Why are you moving around on your own? I don't quite understand. This is not in what you're supposed to be. And he goes over and he starts examining it and he is chattering at it very quickly. As stealthily as possible, I want to unlock the thing around my mouth and unlock the cage and start creeping for my gear. Yeah, so you are able, with your mixed success, to get out. You're able to get to your stuff, and now you are next to the cage. I think this is an all or nothing. Like, I don't have time to put on my armor and shit. 
I'm going to grab my sword and I'm just going to try and plunge it through his heart. All right. Roll hack and slash. God, please, please, please. So I rolled a six, but because I bought that nice new rapier, I roll it with dex instead of strength. So it's a seven. All right. Roll your damage. Boy, I forgot about that part. (laughs) That's (laughs) underwhelming. Four. So you sneak up behind Esten and you draw your sword back and you plunge it forward. The blade goes through, but there is no blood. It just sounds dry and rustly, almost like you're plunging your blade into a bag of sand. And you realize as you're this close to him now that you've heard him breathing, but it seems like it's out of habit. There is no blood. There is no breath. And you have the feeling that this has not done anything to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I like yank the sword out like I'm ready to just start getting my ass kicked. And I'm just like, well, I fucked up about as bad as I possibly could have. Esten turns around as you draw the blade out and dark energy rushes from his hands and washes over you. But as those words escape your mouth, you're talking in Jake's voice. And from behind Esten, you see the eyes of the soul trap glitter for a second. And it hits you like this strange sense of recognition. And you feel this sense of relief as the soul trap raises both hands and slams them down onto Esten's back, knocking him to the ground. And it turns and it runs towards the door with the black energy coming out from underneath it. Does it seem like it's waiting for me or does it seem like it's going to do something? It gets to the door and opens it and turns back and is just staring at you. I'm going to run that direction, I guess. So you follow it into the room and it pulls the door closed and it points at its temple and then points at a spot on its hand. Is there is there something on its hand? What? Uh, there's not. I don't know what this means. As you say that, you start to hear the crackling of energy outside of the door, and it looks at the door and looks back at you, and it points both fingers at both temples, and then it puts its hands out to the room and, like, indicates the room. Um, is there something else in this room besides the black energy? Like, I look around real quick. Is there something? There is not. So as you look around and you're starting to panic a little bit, you hear the metal of the door starting to rend, and the soul trap grabs you by the shoulders and, like, makes you look in its jewel eyes, and it points at its temple again, and then down at the floor. Think of a place? It nods. Uh, I'm going to close my eyes and think about the cabin on the ship. All right. So with a room of teleportation, roll plus int. Oh, no. Nine. So on a teleportation room, a mixed success gets you a safe location nearby. And so you appear at the front of the scoundrel's fortune. The ship is moving. It's midday and you can feel the wind and smell the salt of the ocean. Is everything like I want to look around? Is everything as it should be yes crew working and and as you appear you see tj up in the riggings working and you see tass very small up in the crow's nest um hey guys i made it (laughs) and then i'm just gonna collapse into a into a dying nap on the deck yeah so the two of you hear jake call out and he is standing there and there is a large suit of armor standing next to him and He falls to the ground, and you just see it kind of look down at him and then look back up at you. What the what? I'm going to slide down the ladder to the deck. 
I'll I'll take a rope down. Yeah, so the both of you make it down to Jake, and this large suit of armor is just standing there placidly watching you as you start to move around him and check on him. I think I'm a little wary of the armor, but... Uh, you know, if it's not doing anything aggressive, I'm just going to power slide over to Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what happened? What? Uh, I found a secret passage in the museum and this universe's Esten kicked the shit out of me and took me prisoner. But I got out and we teleported here and I like gesture to the soul trap. How did you teleport here? I don't. I don't know. It was something that Esten had set up already. Wherever we were, I don't think it was the museum anymore. I think he took us somewhere and there was just a room full of like black energy or something. And it was like a teleporting room. Good God. Okay, man. Well, let's just get you downstairs and let's figure out what the hell's going on here. Yes, please. And I think that we fade out on the three of you along with this suit of armor that's following Jake still, going below deck. And now it is time for end of session experience. I think that you all get a meal and you get to sleep finally. <gasps> and you can level up if you've got the opportunity. So, did we learn something new and important about the world? Good lord. Uh, lots and lots of things. Yeah, because you guys have not rested really since before you left to start this journey on the Scoundrel's Fortune. That's true. Um, um, yes, a lot. Like, we learned about the pirates yeah. and how the pirate hierarchy works. We all learned our own individual shit on our journeys here. Like, I learned about Elseworlds Esten and how he's bastardizing magic in this world. Yeah. I learned about um, the plight of the Goliath and how they've been pushed underground by a society that shuns them and also that they're very deadly and there's a really cool uh sled that goes under the ocean <laughs> yeah uh, you also learned about the iron striders and your connection to them that's true learned that nash knows we're here yeah seemingly yeah uh did we overcome a notable monster or enemy i mean yeah again the pirates like the pirate lord we could even go with i did fight a lot of pirates and then uh i fought a goliath uh, i fought the laws of physics and the i law won. barely won <laughs> 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 i'd say we kind of evened out it was a draw and did we loot a memorable treasure yes i got a dope uh war crime candle <laughs> Yeah, but you bought that. And that's not looting. That's just purchasing. That's just commerce. <laughs> I think it's going to be two points of experience for everybody. Yeah. Um, and then what about your individual standings? Did anybody get their experience? Well, if we consider the Goliath a worthy opponent, uh, yeah, got an extra one. Um, I did perform my art to aid someone, right? Didn't I sing a healing song like in the market? Yeah, you healed me. Yeah, okay. Uh, I have to eliminate an unnatural menace, which I don't think I did. Yours is so easy to get, Jake. I like, know. Oh, yeah, I healed you in the marketplace that one time. <laughs> Experience. <laughs> it's <Okay>. so awesome. <laughs> Mine's impossible. It is impossible. Oh, no, it says eliminate. I say technically, you described the things that I was looking out for while I was scouting up top. That's true. As unnatural water movements. Yeah. But we didn't exactly but you did not eliminate, eliminate them. them, yeah. Uh, so does anybody level up? Man, wouldn't you know it? I'm just one short. No, I'm kidding. I could almost level up twice right now. <laughs> oh, shit. I actually did level up. I also finally made it oh, wow. to level three, baby. Level three and everybody else is level four? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are you taking? I will be taking 
the move Scent of Blood, which is on the warrior's track. When you hack and slash an enemy, your next attack against that same foe deals plus 1d4 damage. Oh, wow. You're going to be rolling like four different dice now for your damage. Okay. Uh, What about you, Tess? I'm going to take a move called Communion of Whispers. When you spend time in a place, making note of its resident spirits and calling on the spirits of the land, roll wisdom. You will be granted a vision of significance to you, your allies, and the spirits around you. On a 10+, the vision will be clear and helpful. On a 7-9, to the vision is unclear, its meaning murky. On a miss... The vision is upsetting, frightening, or traumatizing. The GM will describe it, and you take plus one forward. What about you, Jake? Uh, I'm going to take another bard move called Eldritch Tones. Your arcane art is strong, allowing you to choose two effects instead of one. So now I can, like, both heal and buff in one song. Um, It still applies to one target, though, so I can't, like, split effects So the three of you wake up from your rest and standing next to the door right where it stood when you were going to sleep is the soul trap and it is still just standing watch. I'm going to go give it a hug because it saved my life. (laughs) Um, It pats you on the back. I don't know why you helped me. Why did you save me? Aren't you stuck like this forever now? It nods and it points to its eyes. And then it points to you. Uh, I want to explain to these two, like, so the way these things work is they're infused with a gem or multiple gems, and they have an actual soul inside of them. So if they have black gems, and I'll like gesture to his eyes, like it does, that means that the soul was claimed. It was a soul taken. Oof. Uh, With white gems, it would mean that it was a soul given, that somebody offered it up for this process. So whoever this is, and I want to look back at the soul trap, You know me. It nods. We're friends. It puts its hand on your shoulder and squeezes. And then it puts its other hand out and it opens it. And you see that inside of the other hand, it has the piece of chalk that Esten was holding when you stabbed him. And it holds the piece of chalk up and starts to draw on its chest. And the name that it writes out on its chest is Grimby. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The world has still ended. Darcy was a cafeteria worker. Do you see that minotaur sitting out in the food court? What minotaur? Just an ordinary, everyday human, probably. Egerton, you didn't even need a fairy cake. Why did you eat a fairy cake? Because I stress eat sometimes. (laughs) Egerton was a PR flack for the imperial government. 
This extremely devastating explosion was in fact a celebration. He's a flightless fairy with a sweet tooth. There were some zombies, but Blatt blew them up. I climbed a tree. And we're Blatt, skipping ahead. And, and we're skipping well, ahead. Oh, yeah. Blatt used to be a filing clerk. I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. Now he's discovering the secrets of his half-demon heritage, like his ability to summon a soul-bound weapon. Oh, you're here to destroy a time, eh? Well, eat bazooka! <laughs> Three normal dweebs, rescued from the end of the world and sent on a last-ditch quest to save all of reality. There is a way to stop the shattering, but we need you three. The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Find it in your favorite podcast app or visit otherbothers.com. There's no evil, so you're welcome. Flawless logic. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.